and welcome to another episode of the PWYFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. I'm Kay Western, and in a nutshell, this podcast is all about learning to live a life full of living by playing where your feet are, doing your best and being your best no matter what, no matter where. Before we get into the details of today's episode, big news if you missed it. We officially have launched merch, t-shirts, sweatshirts, trucker hats, bracelets. It is all available now. So go snag some swag so you can live at the mission and rep all the merch. All info linked below. Now today's episode is a fun one. As said, this is Kay Western, not Cameron Dobbs. Why? Because Cameron is on the hot seat today. We're switching it up and asking her the questions. Today we're finding out everything we need to know about her book. PWIFA, play where your feet are. Before we begin, let me remind you to please follow and subscribe to this podcast and do not forget to leave a personal review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we are doing and what you're loving. Additionally, follow us on Instagram at play where your feet are and at cam.dobbs. And while you're at it, my Instagram is k.western25. Alrighty, enough intro. Let's get into it. This is the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. Welcome, Miss Cameron Dobbs. Hello, K-Western. I'm so excited to be hosting this. I've never done this before, but here we are. We are a professional already. I can tell it's just natural to you. So I'm pumped to be on the hot seat today. I'm a little nervous because usually... I'm very prepared with like all the questions I'm going to ask. And now I'm being asked all the questions and I don't necessarily know all the answers either. So it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be super fun. Yeah, I'm so excited. We have been collecting some spicy questions from followers on Instagram regarding your new book, PWIFA, Play Where Your Feet Are. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. And y'all, if you guys don't know, Kay is actually my roommate. So we live together we know the ins and outs of each other she knows everything behind the scenes of all play where your feet are things I mean the good the bad the ugly the late nights all the in between yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it's gonna be really fun just talking today we hope today is gonna be a super chill casual episode like obviously we're gonna get through all the questions we're gonna give you guys all the information but it's also gonna be super fun we are literally sitting on our couch right now in our pjs that's the vibe we have set in our house at 9 15 p.m on a monday night like this is just us talking back and forth and you guys get to be a third wheel it's just so casual i feel like this just happens on the daily anyway so why not just record (laughs) all the fun literally but let's get into it i have some questions here and i'm so excited i know that people want to know so let's just jump right into it what was your favorite and least favorite part about writing the book Oof. okay So I do have some notes here so that I don't get too sidetracked, but also this is going to be pretty spontaneous because I think a lot of it, because I'm still kind of in the process, I, I feel like I haven't even had that much time to reflect on everything. Right. But in terms of, if you look at kind of chunks and sections of the timings, I think that my favorite part was the initial writing because for me, I mean, I'm a journalist and writing just comes naturally to me and storytelling is one of my favorite things. And so I love just being able to find pieces of my life, stories of my life, times of my life, and turn that into a story by adding personal anecdotes, quotes, music lyrics, songs, like Hannah Montana, like John, I can't even talk, John Bon Jovi, 
so many different things. And then just adding scripture to the stories as well. And turning that into a book has definitely been my favorite part. And so, so fun. And I think it's pretty hilarious too, because there's, there's some funny stories in there, which we'll get to another really fun time right now is right now. Like we're now, I feel like finally seeing all the hard work come to fruition and it's been a long time coming. Right. <laughs> so to finally be here, like planning the book launch party, actually we have, I'm looking across our kitchen right now. And I think we have the first shipment of our books, which is absolutely insane. So I get to actually see the physical copy of my book for the first time ever tonight after we record this and it's nuts. So right now it's super exciting just because it's all the hard work has finally paid off, but it's, it's really insane that it's actually going to happen. Yeah. Those 3am nights and those all-nighters, they're paying off now, you know? know, but walk me through the process. How long did it take to just complete the book from start to finish? Very unofficially, I started writing the book in 2017, but it's funny because when I was doing that, it was actually a totally different title, a totally different theme, different concept, different vibe, everything. It was originally called God is my coach. And that was all based off of in high school, when we graduated, I went to a Christian school growing up. And when we walked across the stage at our ceremony, for graduation, they all said like, God is my blank. And so I said that God is my coach. And so I really held on to that. It really meant a lot to me because I think it's very true. And so I started writing my book all about that, how God is your coach. He's the best coach to ever live and this and that and the other. And I started writing on confidence, on vulnerability, on relationship, on all different kinds of things of where God plays into your coach. And so I kind of built up these stories my freshman year. If anyone's been following me for a long time, I kind of did like YouTube devotionals and things like that too. So I had content from there that I was already writing. So I just had all this writing literally in the notes section of my phone. Yeah. And then it kind of got more serious for me when... COVID hit and I, I mean, everyone did something during COVID. Yeah. I feel like everyone had like a life-changing moment <laughs> of during course, COVID that of just course. changed the trajectory. Yeah. So me, it was committing to actually writing this book. And at that time it was still God is my coach. But then right before that, of course, was the season that I went through where I had my third concussion in one year. Right. I medically retired. I went through anxiety, depression, like worst time of my life. And so I was just coming off of that, started writing more about that. And in December, 2020, a year after that initial incident, totally flipped the entire script because I was on a podcast and for the first time ever, the words play where your feet are came out of my mouth. Wow. And you hear in the book, and I've, I've mentioned the story before, but I've heard these words come out of my mom's mouth right. years and years and years before. This was always, my parents were one to give the parental pep talk of Every time before I stepped foot into a tournament, a gym, whatever, practice, they always had something to say to inspire me to go kick butt and have a great game and practice. And one of the things my mom always said was play where your feet are. But way back then, it just went in one ear and out the other. And I was focused. I was in the zone. Like I was moving on to focusing on what I felt I needed to focus on. And years later, it just all of a sudden clicks in my mind. 2020, I mentioned it for the first time. It kind of exploded, became a snowball effect of hopping on other podcasts. And my mom, you know, mother knows best always. As they do. As they do. She came along and was like, Cameron, like, I think you could kind of make this into Look something. Look at mom. Always. Are you, she's Christian or so always working. Yes. Seeing something where a business could come out of it. But no, she's awesome. And she was right. And so I went back to my book, God is my coach that I was already writing. And I looked back at the chapters I'd written and realized, oh my goodness, play where your feet are can be tied into all of these chapters already. Right. It relates to every single aspect, every single story, every single 
piece of advice and wisdom I'm trying to put forth. So again, whether it was about vulnerability, confidence, waiting seasons, relationships, the list goes on and on that play where your feet are ties in perfectly, if not better than God is my coach, you know? And so it totally shifted the whole theme of the book. And I really committed to writing it all about Play Where Your Feet Are while at the same time, of course, behind the scenes, we were working on podcasts, merch, company as a whole, and all the other things that you guys saw first. Now you're seeing the book, which is actually kind of in the last thing, but in a way it was actually the first thing way back in 2017 to ever even start. But once I focused on writing it as Play Where Your Feet Are, I finished it in May, 2021 from start to finish. And I gave my mom first look on the book. So she was the first person that ever got to read it. And we went through initial edits like May, June of 2021, spending three to four hours on every single chapter of just absolutely grinding through every single word, making sure the flow was right. It made sense. And then in August, we sent the entire manuscript to a lot of editors we knew, whether there was professional editors or like my high school English teacher even got one, like just different people we knew had a good eye for literature sent them all the edits, received the edits in September. And I thought I was going to publish last fall. That was the initial plan. Like that was my plan to publish last fall. And it became impossible. Lots of other life happenings happened. But then I also got my fourth concussion in November, which not to mention added a whole new element to the story. God was like, oh, you thought you were done. Nope. You still got more. And you got more to learn yourself too, which definitely is what happened through that season. That paused my life and it also paused all Play Where Your Feet Are activities. So I had to put the book aside for a little bit. I had to focus on school when I could, but I also had to heal my brain once again. And that was a whole process. And then when I was finally good again, we looked towards wrapping it all up, having final edits done and then pushing it towards, okay, who can we get this manuscript in to now have like a final look and then move it towards publishing. Right. And I think like play where your feet are is such like a great phrase just to have in your life in general but also like I know like being a part of your life getting to hear you speak this story your story to different people like my friends get chills just by the words play where your feet are and so yeah it's great to be able to talk in your pond now but this book's gonna get to go out to people that may have never heard your story before and like they're gonna get to hear it but speaking about that how did you find a publisher slash editor and are those the same thing like what was that process like it was crazy to say the least and and one that you trust too yeah that's which there's actually a story with that too but they're first and foremost they're not the same thing by trade or something like you could have you can find someone that does both but they are two totally different jobs so we decided that we were going to self-publish and so that was really a decision we made a while back right a year or two ago, even, but like I said, you know, going back through the timeline a little bit, my mom got the first look in May, 2021. We did editors that we were familiar with through 2021. And then this fall, we wanted to choose a final editor that we could kind of just put the manuscript in their hands, say, Hey, like one last look, tell us when we have the green light and then we're going. Cause there's a certain point to where where Chris Alessi, who's one of my good friends, I've mentioned his name on the podcast before and a pastor at Metro Life Church here in Miami. He told me too, is like, there's a certain point where you just have to send it eventually. Like full send baby. Like you just gotta go and you can't look back. Like you're always gonna kind of find something. You might wanna tweak a little bit. You might wanna add this there. You might wanna take that out. So there's a certain point where you just gotta 
cut yourself out. We were at that point. We felt really confident in the piece that we had. We wanted to find one final editor and then get this thing to people's hands. And so that's what we did this fall. We worked really hard on choosing the people and we found a, as I said, we're doing self-publishing, but we found an interior designer who was going to push it to, to publishing for us. Okay. So basically they're going to make sure the book is all formatted from turning it into, you know, from a Google doc, turning it into a book. Right. Cause obviously, you know, you don't get a book that's like eight and a half by 11 letter size, printed paper. It's formatted differently. The sizing's different. So they have to do all that design and put it together. Yeah. So we found them that they would basically work with us make sure the cover is all good and then get it all packaged up to where they just sent us the package and then we sent it to print and made it super easy for us. But the process even to get them was super crazy because in the summer and even last fall, we thought we had found the person we were going with last fall, like when we were ready to publish in 2021. And we talked with this person for a really long time, like thought we were going to use her had many phone call conversations. We were ready about to, to give the final deposit to her. And my mom and I just had a bad gut feeling. Like we just didn't, we secretly didn't tell each other. And then it eventually came out one day that like neither one of us just felt like it was the right fit for the book, for us, and just for the company as a whole. And so we made a really bold decision to actually walk away in the summer from using her. And that felt like we hit like not rock bottom, but like, it just felt like a bad breakup. It, yeah. And like, it felt like we were back at square one. Right. That was the big thing. Cause I'm like, we're so close at this point. We're in the summer. We're supposed to be publishing this fall. And now we don't have anyone to push us towards publishing. Like, what? like, we don't know how to do this. Like, I know I'm very confident and I might seem like I have my stuff together sometimes, but like, this is so new. I don't know how to publish right. a book Yeah, and I'm learning everything. And so like, there's nothing in here in this entire process that I already knew going back to having no one was crazy, but my mom just came in clutch once again, used her connections, used the networking she had, found two amazing people. There's a husband and wife couple that we're using, Stephen and Rosemary, and there are designers that are pushing it to publication. And then we have Jess, who is our editor, and she's been awesome too. Both the the three of them together have just worked so well with all Dream of us. Dream team. Dream team, baby. Like play where we feed our family. And it's been really cool. And they made it happen. And here we are. I love that. So now that we are in the publishing phase, I guess, how long did it take to publish the book after writing it? Well, it was first done May 2021. Right. As I said, it got edited many times many after times. that <laughs> by other people and myself because one of the biggest things I've learned through this whole process is that the delay is deliberate. Great. And that's been a, a sermon that Pastor Mary Alessi from Metro Life Church preached in February, I believe. And it has just resonated with me so much because I thought that I was going to publish last fall and I was ready in my mind at the time. I was so ready to publish last fall. I thought it was a great book. My mom and I thought it was a great book. Like we had gone through it many times and just life happened. And I learned a lot more. I, I mean, if you guys follow the podcast, you know, I very suddenly moved home to Atlanta after I thought I was going to be in Miami ended up living in Atlanta for six months, learned a lot through that, like grew in a lot of relationships in my life, ended up rewriting the entire relationships chapter, which that's some tea, but it's a whole we'll, other we'll podcast for another day. We'll move on, at least for now. I know we got the hot seat coming later, but rewrote the entire relationships chapter. I re 
ordered the book, which is a crazy process because as you know, you have chapters in a book and there are stories and things that I mentioned, you know, in chapter seven that happened in chapter two. And then all of a sudden, when I do this reordering, I'm mentioning these stories in chapter seven that are now in chapter 14 and I haven't even gotten to them yet. So that was just a whole chaotic mess of reordering the entire book. But again, delay has been deliberate and it made it so much better. Like if I would have published last fall, like I intended to, the book would have never reached its full potential. So it's just been a God thing that like he knew the timing was not right back then. If we, if you would have went through, through that moment, like there's just so much people wouldn't have gotten like been able to hear. And like now they get to hear that and it's going to be so impactful. Yeah. And I think it says a lot to the fact that like this entire book is, is lessons that I'm still learning. Yeah. People, I think sometimes people think like, oh, you must be really good at playing where your feet are. And I'm like, no, I wrote this book because I'm really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a sermon to myself, every single chapter. And I've even had friends who have been in my life now that they've read my book or pieces of it. And they tell me, they're like, Cam, like, I think you could learn a thing or two from, from your yourself. Own. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had even, I remember like, last spring I had posted something on my story and a guy just replied to the DM and was saying like you're really wise Cam I just hope you take your own advice and I was like oh <laughs> like yeah me so too e- buddy it can be so easy to say it yeah but then it's like dang wait I actually wrote that out and yeah. people are gonna live by it and if I'm not living by it yeah what is it all you know like what's it all for it's not like a fear of hypocrisy no. or a fear of practice what you preach type right. of deal it's just genuinely like I, it's a, a it's a reminder. Exactly. It's a huge reminder to myself. And that was going through concussion number four, even like that was when I turned 23 in February, my life looked a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Like I had graduated school. I was supposed to be in the workforce already. I did not have a full-time job. I was single as a Pringle and did not think I'd be single. And just lots of things were not where I thought my life would be. And so that was like my quarter life crisis come early at 23 And it was, again, the reminder to play where your feet are and going through this healing process of concussion number four, like, yeah, you can't do everything you want right now, but what can you do? What can you focus on? Play where your feet are, like enjoy the moments you're in, do your best and be your best, no matter what, no matter where your life may look inconvenient. It may look frustrating at some points, but you're supposed to live a life full of living amidst any and all circumstances. And that really flipped a switch. Like I had a, I had a big conviction moment of that in February. And I flipped the switch and then all of a sudden this spring, 2021, 2022, yikes, yikes. <laughs> that's the year, <laughs> spring 2022 become, became literally the best time of my life. The most adventurous, the most spontaneous, the most sporadic, like the craziest time. I met the most incredible people, spent the time with the most amazing people. And that was all because I shifted my mindset of being down in the dumps that, hey, I had to delay my master's program six months. I could not enter the workforce yet. I had struggled looking at screens and editing my final documentary. I was living in Atlanta when I thought I was supposed to be in Miami. All these different things were not going the way I thought they were supposed to, but that didn't stop me at the end of the day from putting my foot forward and having the time of my life and obviously God working through every single bit of it. Yeah. And I love that like your plan before all of this even happened was pro sports are yeah. like let's do this you know like I have my goals I have my plans and like God ended something that you thought was good but now it's mm-hmm. life is better and yeah his plan is so much better and I see like that in your life every day like yeah it can be hard yeah like 
there are days you come home and you're tired and like you got a lot of work to do and yeah. li- like it, this is real life for you but at the same time you just love it and you enjoy it and you care about it and it's exactly what you're called to do yeah and I'm excited for you it speaks so much. And I say this time and time again throughout my book, how God's in Ephesians 3.20 God. Right. And so often we obviously say that verse and it's, you know, him doing immeasurably more than you could ever ask for or imagine, which is so, so true. But I think we got to focus on that a little more that it's, it's more than you could ask for or imagine. And we think, oh, like I'm going to be the Senator. And it's like, no, you're going to be president. Right. Like, think bigger. But it's like, no, like I want to be the Senator. Uh, no, you're going to be a professional athlete instead, like totally different than you could yeah. ever ask for. Imagine. And mine's the flip side. Of course, you know, I thought I was going to be this big time professional athlete. Uh, no, you're going to be an author instead. And you're going to do broadcast journalism earlier than you thought you were going to do it, but you're going to thrive and you're going to do well. And you're going to tell stories that you needed to hear when you were an athlete, because that's your impact now. Like, just cause I always say it too, you're, just cause you're not playing anymore. doesn't mean you can't play where your feet are. And that's another thing that, you know, a lot of non-athletes ask, how does this relate to me? This relates to everyone, anyone, age, gender, whatever it might be. Like this relates to anyone, any occupation, any position. That's what player of fear is all about. It's knowing that any position you're in doesn't limit your impact or your purpose. And that God is in Ephesians 3.20 God that will give you more than you could ever ask for. Imagine, just remember, it might not be what you asked for, imagine. Yeah. Like I, I had Tori Patry on the podcast last season and she talked about like, Hey God, I have this really big list of great accomplishments that I really want to have. Like this would be choose from this list. Like take one of these, use one of these. I have a great plan already. Just use that. I'm making it easy for you. And God's like, no, like I got a whole nother book. Like I'm not even taken from that playbook. It's yeah. I'm way over here, girl. So it's, it's been crazy. It's been an adventure for sure. As has been this progress and process of it all. Because looking, I mean, we talked about the writing a little bit. We talked about the editing and publication of it as well. But even the cover. Yeah, walk me through that. The, the design, was, inspo, et cetera, like everything. How was it's that? It's so funny. Again, like I'm going to, what is it? I sound like a a broken record, right? Yeah, yeah that's a record. Yeah. I sound like a broken record here. How the delay has been so deliberate. But going back again, I said my first initial idea for the book was that it was going to be God as my coach. And I, I was all in with this yeah, idea. And so, so much so that I had mock-ups of what I wanted the original book cover to look like. And it was of this, I literally found it like on Pinterest, like this random mock photo of this girl and she was running up bleachers. And so I had this like image that I took and then I Photoshopped it. And then I put like, God is my coach on it and just put my name at the bottom, things like that, put it together and saved it in my notes of my phone. And then that was, that was at least in April, 2021. Cause I can look on my notes and see when I last right. edited it, but it was probably honestly a little bit before that too. November, 2021, we shot the cover of play where your feet are take one. And the cover then was totally different. Sparkly booties, sparkly dress, sitting down, white backdrop, glam, glam, which is me to a T. Absolutely. Like 100% Cameron Dobbs. And it had different shoes, like sneakers, heels, booties, slides, but they were all sparkly. And so it was like, hey, play where your feet are in any position that you're playing in. But it was also all glam, all Cameron Dobbs. And I loved it. Yeah. And so we shot that in the fall, November 2021. And it was our vision. We loved it. It was great. But I felt like the photos we got, it was like, 
oh my, like I have one strand of hair that's just like out of place. Like I'm like, oh, I don't quite like my pose there. My smile is just like a little off or my hair, like something, I couldn't find a perfect shot. This is the cover of my book. Like this is my face on a book. Right. <laughs> so I think it's okay to be picky about this part. What was the color scheme? Blue. This it was still. blue, white, yeah, blue, white, black, sparkly. Like got it. The the color scheme has never altered at all. So January, February come along, and we shoot the exact same vision, same pose, same props, same shoes, same dress, same hair, same makeup, everything. But we just wanted a better smile, a better hair piece in place, like things like that. So exact same vision, take two. Let's get the shot. So we shoot that in February, January of this year, 2022. And we thought we got it. Okay. We were pretty close. It was good. And we kind of moved on. I was focusing on my master's, wrapping up my capstone project. We thought we got it. So we kind of just checked that box and then went to the other things we had to get done. And I just had like that kind of that same pulling in my heart that we had about our first publisher that I was just like, it's not right. It's just, it's great. It's beautiful. It's super fun. It's me. It's extra. It's bold. Yeah. But it's just not quite the vision I want for the book. It's not the cover. And and it's not the cover. And I, a, it's funny, a piece of me too was like, Play Where Your Feet are supposed to be for anyone and everyone. And this kind of sums up. But I was like, if guys are going to buy this book, I feel like they're not going to buy it with me, like in sparkly shoes and a dress on a book cover. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I have some guy friends that I knew were going to buy the book. So I'm like, not like I'm going to please them too. Right. And so I went back to my, very original vision of doing all athletic based and it's fitness based. I'm wearing leggings. I'm wearing tank tops, whatever. Like we are on a track, we are doing fit things and it's fun and it's the color scheme. And that's going to be the cover. Yeah. Back to the basics, back to the basics. And it's funny. We go to the track and I go with one of my best friends, Brooke McDermott, And she was the original photographer that I always wanted to shoot the cover of my book years before. And she was always busy at the other times when we were shooting the cover and we had to shoot the cover because we were on deadlines. And so it just never worked out with her. And then here we are like two years later and she's available and I have a new vision and she shoots with me. And I go into that day, mind you, I was so nervous. Yeah. I, t- I sent her an audio message, I think the day before, almost in tears being like, Brooke, I have just put so much pressure on myself to get this picture perfect, to get this cover so perfect that I want it to be fantastic, but I'm so stressed. And I told her, I was like, and then I don't want that to affect how I'm looking in the photos. Right. I don't want to look stressed. I want to look like I'm having fun. And she's one of my best friends. So she's, she's like, Cam, like, I'm, I got you. Like, this is going to be a great time. So we go to Tropical Park. I remember this Miami. day. Yes. Yeah. It was a Sunday morning. And we go to Tropical Park and we shoot together and it is just the most fun time ever. And we had a blast and we had several different outfits. And it's funny too, because the first outfit we shot in was kind of just like my, okay, I'm going to warm up in this outfit. Like we're just going to like get the smile going, get the poses going, feel comfortable. And it was kind of just a throwaway outfit. Like I was supposed to change after that, which I did. I had several outfit changes, but that first outfit I had on was the one we ended up sticking with. And we did so many poses up and down the bleachers, on the track, all around, like sitting down, running, standing up, straight face, smiling, a mix of different poses. And yet the one we chose is so unintentional, but almost identical to that Pinterest photo that I chose years before for God is my coach. I love it. 
almost identical and it's so funny but it's just it was the coolest like not full circle moment but kind of a full circle moment of just having Brooke who I mentioned in the book as one of my best friends she's a former volleyball teammate of mine at Miami and just to have her be a part of play where your feet are in a literal tangible way that she shot that book cover it's been really cool and like such an honor to have her create a ton of content for play where your feet are after that shoot too so that was really special but again just showing how like the delay is deliberate and that it's taken a lot of work and there's been a lot of twists and turns and it's been deadlines we've had to meet and deadlines to stress about and the vision of the book has changed and been different yet almost has been the same the exact yeah. same time like it's it's just really really crazy but to see it how it's now turning out and coming to fruition. I feel like it's really, it's play where your feet are. Like it's, it's everything that play where your feet are encompasses to a T and, and it's here. I love it. I love how intentional God was with your vision at the beginning. Yeah. And he just pulled through and did the same at the end and you love it. Like yeah. you, you haven't loved it less since you first saw it. And now you see it again and you still love it and you love it even more. I love it more. Yeah. yeah. Which that, and it's just so funny, which part of you is like, wait, so should we delay even more? Cause like, does that mean it's going to get better? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I feel like we're good now, but it's yeah. The it's time is now. Like I, cause I thought back then that was the good, that was the good book. That was the good stories. That was the good order of the book, like everything. And it's like, oh no, like little did you know. Like I said, God ended something you thought was yeah. good and he gave you so much better. Yeah. Like he just placed, he just planted that in you. And like, not only did he give it to you better, but like you got to come up with these ideas for yourself too. Like you got to make it better, yeah. right? Yeah. So fun. But kind of going into some of the juicy content of the book, what do you feel like was the most challenging story to tell? Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the tea let's now. Get, let's, get, let's, get, let's just hop right into it. Let's get we're real. Going, we're going. We're going. This is what they came for. Up. It really is. Yeah. Feel free to fast forward just to this section. We'll just put the timestamp below. Um, my goodness. Okay. Let me say this. Writing comes really easy to me. And my parents and I joked a little bit that like, this is the most expensive therapy session they're ever paying for. Because <laughs> it's just like me, instead of talking to a therapist, I, which I'm totally pro therapy, you'll read it all about it in my book. Instead of talking to someone, I'm just writing out my thoughts and yeah. writing out these really difficult, hard things that I've walked through and also reflecting on what I've learned. And it's literally just like a it's a therapy session in the entire book. Yeah. And, and it, even from start to finish, like I talk about two things in the start of the two of the chapters and I wrap up saying like, I'm still working on this guys. And I, and I told y'all too, like, this is still a sermon to myself. It's still things that I'm all learning too. But uh, there were, there were a couple of challenging things. And I think it's more so I say all that to say that I think it's less about me writing them initially but it's now the fact that people are going to hear these things yeah like the people that this stuff is yeah. <laughs> about like people that were in my season in my life they're gonna know. um they're gonna know like it's I had someone tell and me here we are and here we are I had someone tell me that they were like really excited to read my book and I laughed <laughs> and I laughed because I'm like you're about to learn everything about me like all the good, the bad, the ugly, everything, stuff that I'm not proud of. And, but it's stuff that I had to learn. And I'm like, if I had to learn that, I know someone else is it's trying to learn life. that too. It's real life. I don't hold back. But to get more into the nitty gritty, like specifics of things, when I was forced to medically retire and the whole process of, of it all, though I did, of course, agree that was the right decision, that whole process was done in a very 
unique, strange way. And I felt very betrayed and neglected by a lot of it after. And writing about that was an interesting balance of where have I found forgiveness? I need to find forgiveness everywhere, obviously, but just balancing like, okay, let's forgive this person. We're not going to be petty. We're not going to say bad things, but also the truth of college athletics. Yeah. And the fact that because I've gone through everything that I've gone through with medically retiring, I don't want another athlete in the NCAA to have to go through that too. So I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to tell as much as I can while being respectful, while offering that forgiveness, while offering understanding of the situation. And again, the reality of college athletics. Yeah, there's a grace to it, but there's exactly. a truth to this as well. Yeah. So I think that was a little tough, like getting that out there and now realizing that again, like you said, those people are going to read that stuff. And that's just an interesting thing, but it's a brutal reality, both to my feelings and to college athletics. <laughs> so that's all in there. That's fun about all the feelings I faced and everything. Because you're not only having to write it out once, but every time you went back to edit, to reread it, you had to re- yeah. you had to relive it and re- make sure you're truly forgiving. Yeah. Like this is like, okay, I wrote it for people to read. Like this is real, but when I'm done editing this, when I'm done looking at it, well, I'm in my quiet time by myself. Did I truly forgive? Like, yeah. In the world of college athletics, it's not easy. Did I truly forget? You know, this is real. Well, and one of the editors that I had on that initial first run was actually my assistant coach, Jill Hatter, mm-hmm. who is my angel from heaven. I love her so much. And we had a super close bond that's told about in the book. She even asked me after her initial read through, she was like, about not just that college athletics, but, but everything. She was like, how are you so certain that your stance is not going to change throughout the years? Like, do you, do you think you'll always believe in this stuff? And for the most part, like obviously any faith stuff, it's like, that's not going to waver, but there were some things that I had to consider. Is this exactly what I want to convey? And there were stories that I, there were, I mean, chunks like pages that after that second run through that when I thought I was going to publish and then didn't publish, that I took chunks of pages out realizing this is a really good story. It's a really good lesson, but the timing's not right now. Yeah. And I think there's still more stuff that I need to learn here before I can wisely speak on it. And so I took it out. And so there's definitely a conviction to all that. You were being a smart writer. I, yeah, I was trying my best and just to not lead people astray. If I don't feel confident in in the words that I'm 100%. saying, like with a biblical wisdom rooted to yeah. it, because there are, I don't know everything. And even things in my book, you can go different ways too. And we talk about, we talk about comparison in the book. And that's one I distinctly state how I think there's a good side to comparison, but there's also a bad side to comparison. So I specifically talk about the bad side of comparison, how comparison is a thief of joy. But I also mention, Hey, comparison is also really good. I compare myself to Tim Tebow because I want to model him. I want to look at his career and I want to do the same thing from the work he does with broadcasting and SEC nation to the fact that he's a speaker, he has books, he has a foundation, he gives back. Comparison is good when it's positive. Healthy. Healthy. But it can become toxic real fast. Absolutely. And that's the majority, I think, when we think of comparison, we often think about it in the negative sense. So I talk about that as well. But there were some other challenges too. A little funny challenge. Yeah, let I, me know. That I faced in writing this book was, as I said, everyone, I wrote this book years ago in starting writing it. But then I, again, thought I was going to publish it last fall and life 
life is really funny, Kay. Yeah. It's really just funny. Just take some shifts here and there sometimes. It's really funny, dude. And, and so as we mentioned, I took out some things, added some things in here and there. <laughs> and no one is named in my book. <laughs> yeah. In a, in, a, in a negative sense. If you, if I'm talking about you positively, you bet your bottom dollar, you're named in my book Absolute for sure. Name dropped, yes, baby. For sure. First, last, all of it. You're, However, you're full there, government. But there are some stories. There is, there are some stories in the book, which it's no, it's no secret. Like there's a chapter called Singles of Pringle. I talk about relationships. Love. So yes, there are some mentions of some men in my book and things happen though. And life is crazy. And you know, certain points you got to go back and edit those pieces oh yeah unexpectedly so there was some editing to say the least come that come that second round quite unexpected editing but we edited and here we are today so that was really funny that was very vague but anyone who knows the story knows exactly what I'm talking about right now yeah the process of it all was was just crazy and it's fun and it's hilarious and every chapter like I laugh through my book you mentioned it too, how some of those stories that I said were hard. There's actually a line in my book where I talk about, I literally like wrote as if I was writing it, which duh, that makes sense. <laughs> but I wrote it as I was thinking through the writing process and typed out, like whenever I read through or write this section or whatever I said in the book that I actually get emotional thinking about it. Every time I recount that story, I get emotional thinking about it. And I was sitting in my living room or in my kitchen with my mom going through some of our edits one time this summer. And I was reading the book out loud to her as we were going through. And I read that line and started crying on the spot. Like as I'm reading, like when I re recount this story, I get emotional. And then I started crying <laughs> and I'm like, well, there it goes. Like there's the proof to it. Yeah. And it's true. Like it's just, some of it is hard. And there's been some difficult processes other than just storytelling too though like the entire process has been difficult you mentioned obviously now you see me with late hours and things like that but it's just tough I mean through writing there's been so many times where I felt like I hit a home run with my storytelling and it's the best and the funniest and the most clear and then I get edits back from whether it's my mom or our official editor or whoever and it's like what do you mean by this and mm, no that doesn't make sense to me and, oh, uh, I think it should be phrased differently. And like my sister, her first time she read it through, she was like, you got to explain like what a volleyball kill is and like what a shank is and what all these volleyball terms are. And I'm like, can people not just can know? Can they just know? <laughs> I'm like, can they, and if they miss out, they miss out, you know? Like Google, and so, and so it's those frustrating things that it's like, no, you have to do the steps. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're going to make it better. And, and I knew that every single time my mom would always tell me, she's like, this is not like, I'm not personally like criticizing you. Like this is this constructive criticism. Right. And, and I take criticism well, like, don't get me wrong. I've been a college athlete. I, I know what criticism yeah. is like, but it's just tough. Like it was just feeling like you're on top of the world. You're ready. You're done. You're ready to publish. And then it's like, oh no, we got to reconstruct this whole entire hour and spend four more hours. Yeah. And I'm a person too, that I, my timing is so important to me and the fact that I just don't want to waste a second of my day. And so when I feel like my schedule is one way and then I find out we have to spend four more hours on a chapter that I thought was done, it's just hard. Like, it's just hard. It's just blows to your body feeling like, oh, I thought we had it. And now it's like, oh, it's not perfect at all. So that was really hard in the whole process. But just knowing too, that like the pain of the whole process, it's going to have a purpose to it. And 
the delay is deliberate. You're not like here to take shortcuts. You're not a no. person of shortcuts. You know, that's not who you are either. So that's not going to be reflected in the book or in the writing. It's been interesting, but very intentional at the same time, because it's like, I want these stories to be told and play feeders relatable to everyone. So I want these stories to be able to be also be understood by everyone. I want everyone to be able to read this book and know exactly what I'm saying no gray lines, no ambiguity, besides maybe certain things that we've already mentioned. <laughs> Crystal clear to an extent. There's a little bit of ambiguity, but we're going to move on. But yeah, like I just want everyone to be able to understand the most that I can make it happen. You know, I'm going to do my best to be able to tell these things so simply. And I think that's why at the end of the day, that's why there's so many stories in this book. And it's an easy read. Like I say all that, but it's an easy read. It's a fun read. I'm a huge storyteller. Like Jesus told parables. Those are literally stories and analogies. And so that's what it's all about. It's all about the stories and the life lessons I've learned from the time I was three years old playing intramural basketball until the time I was literally today, like former collegiate athlete, former collegiate coach, working in college athletics now, and just knowing everything through there. So it's fun. It's hilarious. You will laugh. You will cry. Like it is drama. It is romance. It is anything and everything you want. It's all in there. All the tea, all the tea. All of it. And you know, now we're like the fun stuff, like what was your favorite part to write? What was your favorite story to write? Oh, favorite story to write. I think I have a couple and it's funny because we could honestly, we were joking beforehand. I was like, I need to look over my cheat sheet because I don't even remember what I wrote in my book. (laughs) Like there was a certain point where it's like, did I actually include that? Did I not? I forget the things that I included at this point because it's been so long in the process at this point. Yeah. But a couple of stories, I don't know. I could literally go through every chapter and be like, oh, this is my favorite. Yeah. Like I could go on and on. But I think the first couple of stories that come to my head are there's a chapter called there's no crying in basketball I love that is my one of my top three favorite chapter titles I love it so much and it's funny because kind of the purpose of that being in my book and I don't know if this will make sense when I say it but it originated from that coming up in therapy actually when I was in therapy during my third concussion and it's based on though a story of my dad yelling that line at me that there's no crying in basketball or very sternly saying it to me I should say he didn't yell it at me but he very sternly told he me let there's you no, know. he let me know there's no crying in right, basketball right. and I let him know that I was not crying <laughs> and there's the real it's just a really funny story to that though basically long story short is that I was playing basketball when I was in a mural we were a top team every single year and the details are on the book so you just got to read the book to find the whole story but I was not having my best game and I was pretty clearly upset about it. However, I was not crying. No, you let, were let not it be crying. Known, let it be known that I was not crying. But my dad pulls me aside and he tells me very sternly, there's no crying in basketball. And I just kind of like yank away from him. I turn around and I go sink two threes back to back. Boom. And I turn around, look him straight in the eye with the same level of sternness he just gave me. And I said, I told you I wasn't crying. <laughs> Wow. And there's obviously and to a lot this more. day you haven't changed. And literally, yeah, we all know I'm not a crier. Not really. It's okay. It's okay. But that sparked actually though a lot of going, I mean, literally the the fact that I'm not very vulnerable. And that's why it came up in therapy. My therapist literally asked me, he was like, Why are you so sensitive to being sensitive? And and I told him, I was like, well, this one time when I was three. <laughs> Little and, and I told him that story. And so I talk about that 
there's no crying in basketball. I talk about in that chapter, a lot about therapy and the anxiety I went through and just being vulnerable. That's a big portion of that, that chapter is being vulnerable. Actually, one of my, probably my second favorite story to tell, or maybe my first favorite story to tell is actually in that same chapter. And it's all about vulnerability. And there's a subtitle to that chapter called coffee and comfort zones. Oh, baby. (laughs) So no tea here, but we got a lot of coffee. Which is really funny too, because if you know me, I don't drink coffee. So yeah, that's why I, I laughed so hard. So a uh, pro tip for any guy who might be talking don't to me: don't ask him out to coffee. But also more than that, if I ask you to coffee, that means I don't care one bit about the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what happened in this story. So I literally talk about me asking my crush to coffee, and it's the most dramatic story ever, ever. Like you think Bachelor Nation is a dramatic? No, me asking my crush to coffee was insane. And it's funny because it's so dumb. You're like, you literally ask someone to coffee. Like this is not a big deal. And it's not. Please get that through. It is not a big deal whatsoever. But for me at the time, it was huge. Yeah. And I was just not vulnerable whatsoever. Like I whether it was that I was fearful of rejection rejection or just fearful of like putting that fantasy of going out with him and like letting it die. I was terrified. And this is a whole dramatic story of sitting in, once again, Jill Hatter, coach at Miami, Let's go. turning our film session into talking about my love life, like pulling up his schedule on the big screen, figuring out what games I could go how to. How long was this conversation? I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how long was the conversation? How long? I thought you were going to say how long ago was the conversation. No. I'm like, I'm not about to give you time. Let me rephrase. How many hours did this take? This was, I kid you not, y'all, this was like four hours because we had finished practice. We started talking about volleyball, obviously, because we were watching film. Yeah. And it shifted to turning into watching a TED Talk by Brene Brown that was all about courage and vulnerability. And we ended that TED Talk. And I looked up Maddie, one of my best friends, was in the room too, one of my teammates, and Jill. I told them, I was like, this is all great and all like be vulnerable, be brave, have courage, like great things. We want to aspire to be, love Love to see it. But I told them, I was like, at the end of the day, I'm not about to do that. It's not for me. (laughs) Not for me, dude. And so then it was like, like, if you want to get Jill Hatter fired up, one, you miss your block, but two, you tell her you're not going to be vulnerable and she's about to get on you like no one's business. So for the next four hours, we proceed to talk about my love life and how I can ask this person out and how we can cause a date or something other than what we already had in common to happen. And it was hilarious. And yes, I did eventually ask him out. Crazy. What happens of the story? You'll just have to read the book. book. Yeah. But I kind of want to go through some like content of the chapters. I want to break down the chapters. Yeah. Can we like go through the chapter titles? Yes. Oh my goodness. This is also a fun. I remember this day. There is, you know, there's a lot of grinding processes of editing the book, writing the book and things like that. But this was a fun day. I remember my mom and I, we had finished up writing all of the chapters. It was all done. We were ready to send our manuscript in. And we were like, okay, like it's chapter title time. Yes. And my mom, if you don't know, she's been a marketing director for 20 plus years, like award-winning marketing director. She's extremely witty. She's incredible at everything she does. Boss woman. Boss woman. Like insane. Unreal. Unreal. Incredible. Amazing. Mother knows best. And these chapter titles, 
yeah tell you like they yeah. do that granted i will say i came up with some too yes but yes. but 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 you two as a duo yeah it's over it's right. over no no but she really did come up with a bulk of them too we're just gonna go through them and i can say briefly kind of what it's maybe ties to you but chapter one is called Big Deal Dobbs. That's actually a nickname that one of my guy friends, Chris Alessi, we've mentioned him like four times already. Shout out to Chris Alessi. Chris is just awesome. You deserve a podcast episode. Right. Like you just, here's your shout out yes. for eternity. Yes. And he's in my book. So actually, I don't know if I credit the nickname to him, but he is in well, the acknowledgments. He's in the acknowledgments. I can confirm that. But Chris Alessi always called me Big Deal Dobbs and chapter one is all about that and really though it's about what a big deal really is and if you've heard me speak and I've given my testimony I've given it to a lot of schools FCAs things like that that's kind of the root of what chapter one is all about it's kind of how my life went from being on top of the world to being rock bottom real quick so big deal Dobbs chapter one chapter two tis the season that one is all about the waiting season da, da, da. and how you have to be active in the waiting right. and that just because it's a waiting season does not mean you're waiting around period period anyway chapter three you're on ox love this one i just yeah if you know me you know i love music like car blasting you can't hear anything you want to ask him a question you have to do turn the music down yourself if you want to have a conversation with me in a car ride you got to plan for that right like there needs I'm to be a discussion be, beforehand yes because i will ha- go in to the car ride with the expectation that i will be blasting music for sure for sure so you're on ox is all about basically how you control the soundtrack of your life and it's on you and that we can flip the switch like we can change the channel we can turn down voices we don't want to hear and we can turn up the voices we do want to hear and it's about choosing joy and listening to the right things and the fact that like whatever you're feeding your mind with that's going to aid you to a goal and if you're working out you're not going to listen to spa music to relax you if you're relaxing you're not going to listen to hype workout music like what you listen to needs to match the goal of what you're going after yeah and that's what all all that entire chapter is you're on ox next we have you look good kid you look good kid kid. that is actually a line in that chapter that we took and used it as the chapter title you look good kid and that one is all about confidence love 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 next we got big thighs save lives (laughs) it's just fantastic (laughs) i have big thighs so we just full send baby big thighs save lives and that one's a lot about comparison. Mm. So that I really go in about some of the pretty harsh thoughts I had about myself post-retirement coming back from, I mean, going that year alone for me, I had gone from a starter to sitting the bench to a starter in a new position to injured, to recovering, strengthening, starting in another new position to injured, coming back again. And then injured one final time before I'm six month recovery before I can run again and become a fully functioning human being. So obviously my body went through a lot of changes during that time and it affected me mentally. I would walk by a mirror and literally scoff at myself and I would run a mile and just have negative self-talk of being like, you are so pathetic. Like this is embarrassing. You used to be a college athlete and look at you now, like you could lift 70 pound dumbbells and now you're struggling with eights. Like this is dumb. So it came to a point where I remember I was sitting in my apartment working out and I literally just stopped working out and told myself, like, I literally told myself to shut up. I was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Stop. 
like Satan, get out of here. And so that whole entire chapter is a lot about comparison and it's whether it's comparison to yourself or, and your former self or comparison to those around you as well. Big thighs save lives. You know, I would have said big thighs get the guys, but but we're still single. I actually have never heard you say that. And so I, wow. Um, Okay, next. I actually have that written in my book too. I'm like, That's amazing. I was like, alternate option, big thighs get the guys, but. I live with you and I've never. We're still single. Stop. Okay. That was really good though. But I, anyway. Oh. Wow. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Next chapter title is, and I, sorry, I don't know what number we're on anymore. So do y'all just can do the math in your head. Yep. You can count. You can count. You can rewind this. Listen again. Go for it. Next chapter title is what don't you do? Mm. And that is something that many people have told me. And it emphasizes the the fact that I obviously do a lot of things. And this chapter though is really relatable to the life I'm living right now. And I think, I think I need to read this chapter over because I think I can learn a thing or two, but this whole chapter is all about saying no and the importance of rest And yes, there's a season to grind. And yes, it's incredible to be motivated and inspired and work super, super hard. But there's also a balance. And you can't be your best if you don't find rest. And so we talk a lot about sharpening the saw, something that my sister always tells me. The fact that you can work all day with a dull saw, but you're not going to be efficient in the work you do. It helps if you actually step away, take time to sharpen your saw and build that productivity back up, returning to what you were doing in the first place. So what don't you do is a very convicting chapter for myself, Yeah, (laughs) but it's really good. All all about finding rest. Yeah. And then after that, there's no crying in basketball. One of my faves. Fantastic. We already talked about that one. The next one after that is the yokes on you, like the jokes on you, but the yokes on you. And talks a lot about being equally yoked, but also burdens, things like that. What is a bird or what is a yoke and managing that talks about team sports, talks about the value of people in your life and so much more. And then to follow that up is another classic single as a Pringle. Let's get into it. <laughs> and this is, this is the chapter. The title has always stayed the same. It's always been single as a Pringle, but this is a chapter that I totally rewrote. Right like yeah shredded shredded this chapter apart after going through my fourth concussion moving back to Atlanta how I grew in my own relationships things like that and it was actually always a chapter that I never really loved like from the first time I wrote it I never really loved it really like I, I had it in there I knew it needed to be in there but I didn't love it and I think it was because I was trying too hard to hmm. kind of say a lot of like the what the world says about relationships and mimic what a good relationship looked like and this and that and the other and I I tried to write this book and I think I did a pretty good job at it of being very authentic to myself and whether that's the fact that there are references to friends episodes and how I met your mother episodes and really corny punny jokes and things that are because it's me it's me to a T and I had this book or I had this chapter on relationships and it's not that I don't have the knowledge to speak on relationships because I certainly do have a lot of knowledge but there was a certain point where I was I think I was pushing it too much 
And so I reconstructed it. I rewrote it. And of course, my story is that I have never had a boyfriend. Like I have been single as a Pringle. I've had some almost relationships, attempts at relationships, but nothing that ever went to like boyfriend and girlfriend, things like that. And so I really stripped it back. And this chapter is now speaking a lot to your singleness and anyone who's in a relationship right now, don't turn your ear to that. Don't ignore it because it speaks so much on how as an individual, like you need to focus on you as an individual, percent. which don't, I feel like I said that weird that you need to focus on yourself, like not like a selfish, but like get yourself right. And like get your relationship with God, right? Like focus on what you need to do to become that person that you're looking for, to become that spouse that you're trying to be when you're, you know, 20 years down the line, like become that person now. And so this chapter is so much about not only like living your best life, but also just getting to that place that you want to be in a relationship too. And now it's me. Now it's very authentic to my personal story, to what I believe, to how I feel about singleness and everything I've learned through this season too. Yeah. I feel like you wrote it as if you're just talking to the girls. You know? Literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't hold back in that either. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing too, like talking about, it's going to be interesting with people reading. Right your story like that's a very like it's a vulnerable chapter every chapter is vulnerable but to me I feel like it's one thing talking about which this could totally just be me personally but it's one thing talking about like oh my whole story of like depression and anxiety and like going through that and like motivation and grit and perseverance and this and that and the other but it's one thing like telling the world that like hey I'm a virgin and I'm staying that way until I'm married and like right. hey this is what I feel about sex before marriage and this is what like this is my first Chris story that's in the book so many things that it's like oh my grandma is gonna read this and yeah. which granted it's like I'm on the innocent side of things I guess which no shame or anything but it's just like, oh, my coworkers are going to read about my love life. <laughs> like, it's just interesting. The people about The people this. in my love life are going to read about my love life. <laughs> right. Will they, will they know? Will they not? Who knows? <laughs> Give us a couple months and we'll get back to you. We'll <laughs> have a follow-up episode on what has the drama that has come after publishing. No, I'm kidding. There's no drama. Not at all. There's no drama. Drama-free. No. I mean, there's... There's drama. <laughs> but not like now. <laughs> Yeah, it's good now. It's yeah. Happy, healthy, whole. Happy, healthy, whole, baby. No, it's it's drama for the reader to read. Yes, I'll say that. Like, which I think anyone that is in my life, like my friend Danny, always tells me, she's like, Cam, your life could literally be a Netflix series. Absolutely. (laughs) So it's just we don't have our Netflix series yet, but we have a book, and we'll take it, and we'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, we will all take it once this is published. We're gonna call up Netflix and be like, Hey, read this book, and then sign me to my documentary. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Next. <laughs> anyway, wow, that was really a long time on Single as a Pringle. Which, as it should. As it should be. Y'all, that chapter is so good. There's a there's some tea in there. But it's it's such truth. Yeah. Like the, the entire, which I was just thinking about this when we were, I was looking over my notes before in terms of literally what I wrote in the book, like my cheat sheet as I reference. And this is not a like as fun of a read this is, as easy as a read this is, to play where your feet are and all the contents of this book, it's not an easy thing to take. Absolutely. Like it's very, I tell you, I'm very convicted by my own words, but the things that I go through, like from confidence to vulnerability, to being single, to actually playing where your feet are, to the rest of the topics we're going to get into, like this is hard stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, 
I'm just going to motivate you and I'm just going to hype you up and life's all rainbows and butterflies and you're going to kill it. And you're just going to, you do you queen, you know, like, no, it's like, uh, if you want to do you, then you better get your butt off this couch and go do you. And like, you got to work towards that. And it's on you. Like, yeah, God's going to provide and he's an Ephesians 620 God, but like, you got to do your part too. Yeah. I talk about Proverbs 31, one of my favorite, Love. favorite chapters and favorite just pieces that I also include in this book is the fact that you can look through all the verbs in Proverbs 31 that the woman is doing. And it's Proverbs 31 is a wife of noble character, which I mean, I'm trying to be. Aren't we all? <laughs> right. And if you're not, let's go. Read this book and right. you will be. <laughs> and, but anyway, so you read through all the verbs that she's doing though. And there's not one verb that says she's waiting around. This, this woman does not wait. So I talk a lot about that in this book too. But moving on, because we can stay forever on that is pardon our mess, building a better you love. And I'll go through these a little quicker now, but basically that is based off of a sign that they actually have on campus at the university of Miami for construction. So it says pardon our mess, building a better you. And it has Sebastian like throwing up a sign or throwing up a you or doing something like that. So that one is all about just the change we go through and the fact that God doesn't want you perfect. He doesn't need you perfect. We're never going to be perfect, but he's going to work with you through that. Yeah. And then plot twists and happy endings. This is actually one of my favorite chapters too, because this is like college football cam comes out. Here we go. College football cam goes hard in this chapter. And it's all about the best, like this is sports reporter cam. Like yeah. we talk about the best plot twist, my favorite plot twist in all of college football games. They all come out here and it also showcases how God is also the king of plot twists. Right. And we've mentioned already Ephesians 3.20. He's going to do more than you could ever ask for or imagine. And a lot of that is just him literally flipping plot twists left and right in our own lives. And I mentioned more of my testimony. I mentioned more of my background of concussion one and two in this chapter. A lot of people hear about concussion three and maybe a little more about four as well, but one and two come out a little more in this chapter. So that's fun. And then we have a beautiful, wondrous thing. Cutie. That one's super fun. That one actually goes with the Goodwill canvases, a canvas that you buy at Goodwill and you repurpose to be a beautiful, newly painted canvas. Like you might come tainted. You might have things that need to be deconstructed, but God is going to make you absolutely beautiful. So it's really cool. And then we got for Pete's sake. And that one is super fun. It definitely has some calls to action in it. And one of the last lines is like, hey, for Pete's sake, like do this or do that. And I say some specific things that you're just going to have to read the book if you want to find out what I'm talking about. But super good there. And then one of my favorite chapters too, which I know I say this about like every like third chapter that I say is the last chapter. And it is called Vamos. 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 I love this chapter. That is, I mean, obviously that's a word that you hear in the Spanish language, but it's also a specific word that my head coach, Ken Ogonara at the University of Miami would always say in the locker room after matches. And it was win or lose, whether we had a match in two days or 10 days, whether the next day was just practice or the next day we were recovering, he would always say Vamos. And it was this kind of mindset shift that, all right, just because the work is done, we just finished our match. We just grinded. Like we just worked so hard out that out there. But again, it's no time for rest. Like, no, now's the time we go. And this final chapter is all about going. And it's putting all this into practice. And again, it's it's calling you out. It's telling you to get your back up off the wall. 
and to go and live a life full of living. We're not just here to plan a life full of living. We're here to go and live a life full of living and to share and be a light and to actually put where your feet are and to be a blessing and to, again, put all these things into practice. So that is all 14 chapters. Super excited. Let's go. Honestly, I love it too because if you know Cam on a personal level, like this is just her. She doesn't like yeah. – like obviously I live with you and like you're my best friend. So it's it's different. Like you correct me out of love. And so hearing this stuff and having to live this stuff on a daily basis, for me, it's already just challenging but it makes me so much better. It's going to be so cool to get this in people's hands that maybe just don't – like don't know you, have never yeah. really heard your story, that don't know anything about you. And they're going to be like, oh, dang, like – yeah, Cam can come over and comfort and cuddle you, but at the same time, there's some hard truth in this that just needs to be applied. And it's not a book that you just read and just toss it because you read it cool. No, like this is a book that you read and you apply it and you practice it. But I wanted to play like a little fun, quick game. So I'm going to speed around. I want to say my three favorite chapters. I know we love them all. Yes. I'm going to say my three and you just have to say your three. Okay. So my top three, not in any order, but my top three, there's no crying in basketball. Pardon our mess, building a better you, and vamos. Okay, Okay, what are yours? Go. I'm going to say vamos, single as a Pringle, there's no crying in basketball. Let's go. I love it. Some similarities there. It's so funny because it's like, somehow it's just like the title of the chapter. Yeah. But the contents are really good too. Yeah. You're on, on, and I'm adding more, but you're on Ox is one of my favorites too. That's just a really like, it's really strongly written. Like very, very rooted in wisdom from the Bible. Great scripture throughout that entire chapter um really just a convicting chapter as well you're on ox is a really good one too yeah and did you ever want to stop writing this book and Mm. like if you did like what brought you back to just writing again that's a good question I remember that's one of our Instagram questions that we got from Ashley Verdugo so Ashley hey what's up hello hello I don't think that I ever felt like I wanted to stop writing it I think that there were frustrations. I mentioned the ones where it was just like debilitating, having, feeling like you have the perfect chapter and then getting it ripped apart and being like, oh, I thought that was the one and it's not. So there were frustrations there where, and there, I mean, certain points along the way where you're just like, is it even worth it? Like, is it worth it to just like, this is hard. And there were moments I think where I I may have questioned that, but then I'm also like, we've invested so much money in this that my parents would kill me. (laughs) So I'm like, no, this book's got to come out. But I think too, there was the big pause in when I got concussion number four. Yeah, the whole delay. That had the major delay from, I got that concussion in November and I didn't resume, I think until March like really working on it again. And so that was just such a crazy season though. Like I learned so much during that time. I was crushed during that time. I was heartbroken during that time for many reasons, which are also in the book. There was always though a need for it. Right. And I knew whether that's for myself or for one other person in this world, I knew right. there's a need for it. There's just a burden on your heart. Yeah. It needs to be written and it needs to be read. Yeah. And it really is a must read. Like if you, it's all about, it's the subtitle is literally how to live a life full of living. Like if you want to live a life full of living, read this book. And I'm not just saying that as like, oh, read my book. Like, no, like literally, I think people will be quite convicted by this book. 
but it's also such a good read. It's hilarious. It's fun. It is. We've said it time and time again, like it's me to a T yeah. and you're going to have a good time reading it. And then I think you're going to feel like you can run through a brick wall, like fired up. Literally. What was, what's like the innermost thought you want to communicate to your readers with the book? Like if you could just give a point, like, you know, I think it's obvious to say play where your feet are. And that's clearly the message I want to get across, but it's just, I think knowing what that means and it's playing where your feet are is doing your best and being your best, no matter what, no matter where it's knowing how to live a life full of living. And it's knowing that any position you're in has impact and it has purpose. And if you just get that from the book, then like you're good to go and you're going to conquer the world. Yeah. Like what, what do you think like your main goal is with the book? Like, what do you want people to take away from it when they read it? I think in addition to what I just mentioned, it's to actually put that into practice. Cause you can say all this all day long and I can speak about it all day long, 100%. but if I'm not actually doing it and if you guys are just, I tell people, I'm like, don't let this, our FC at Miami is on a Wednesday night. So I'm going to say Wednesday night, like, don't let this Wednesday night be another Wednesday night. Like it's on you. If you're going to take advantage of this night when I, you hear my story, you hear me speak and you change your life. It's on you when you read this book, if it's going to change your life or not, I believe it has plenty of power to do that within every single chapter, within every single subtitle, within every single page, it can change people's lives, but it's on you. I've done my part. God has done his part writing this insane redemptive story of my life. And it's on you now. And so that's why chapter 14, the last chapter is Vamos because it's all fine and dandy. It's all good wisdom. It's all gold nuggets, but let's actually do it. And that's what I hope people take away that playing where your feet are is an action and let's get to work. Yeah. I'm like, I totally can advocate. I knew like that little phrase has changed my life indirectly and directly. And I feel like, you know, once we met and I heard your story, it just wasn't like a, like, there's no pride in your story. It's full humility. And it's, it's like, this is just my life. And I, yeah, I just want people to know about this and about why I am the way I am. Cause it's nothing you did. Yeah. And here we are, but like, people need to know and also when is it officially out like where can we buy it when can we buy it like let's go I'm so excited about this okay the plan (laughs) is that we are gonna do one week of pre-orders okay and that's kind of just to like really get things together on our end more than like oh let's hype for a week of pre-orders yeah it's more so just like let's prepare on our end so we're going to do a week of pre-orders but we're also going to time it with like all the hype of black friday so we're doing november 22nd is the tuesday of the week of thanksgiving break and that's going to be the day that pre-orders are launched awesome november 22nd 2022 mark your calendar 11 22 22 baby Pre-orders are officially live. And then all orders for the rest of eternity will be up the following Tuesday. So just one week later on November 29th, 2022. You can buy the book anywhere and everywhere. Amazon, my website. If you have me come speak, I will bring copies. You can buy them in person, which actually shout out to FIU and UF because I'm going to actually be speaking there before the book officially launches, but I'm going to already have copies. So they're going to get first access to you can get your hands. So if you come to FIU or if you come to UF and hear me speak, you can get your hands. Let me on just shut up. Early, the, let me just shut book. up the few really quick. The few. <laughs> come out to FIU. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so few. much fun. I'm so excited about that. Go Panthers, baby. 
And would you consider ever doing like a book tour? Oh, for sure. Which is funny when I got that question, I'm, I was kind of like, I kind of already am like low key, low key, low key, because, and I'm loving it. And that, buddy. and that was, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So fun. That was always subliminally a little bit of the, not motivation, but the promotional marketing aspect. Absolutely. Of it business. It's a business. And so, you know, I, I speak about play where your feet are when I speak and it's getting that phrase known to where now it drives traction to, of course, the Instagram, the podcast, different things we're doing. And now the book, I don't know if it's going to be like a quote unquote book tour, but I'm just always going to be doing speaking engagements. And then whenever I do a speaking engagement, I'll have books on hands too. So, and I always usually speak on something that relates to play where your feet are in some way, shape or form. Also, because I can literally pull play where your feet are into anything and everything you ask me to talk about. So um, it's always going to be relevant. And that's kind of the best thing about it all is that it'll always be relevant. It's always going to be a lesson to learn. It's always going to be something that I need to remind myself of every single day, because that's the kind of life we're trying to live. If we're trying to live a life full of living. And if we're trying to follow Christ, like that's a cross you die to and pick up daily. Right. And that's what play where your feet is all about. So book tour for sure. Call me email me dm me the doors to my dms are wide open wide like open. wide open Kay is the singer of the household not <laughs> me but i try my best i love it i actually had my own little question that i Ooh. wanted to ask you the tea i know obviously it's been crazy times in our household yes. and like pe- what people don't see it's insane yeah. it's like insanity but our dance parties oh we would not make it without our day like our day you don't understand daily dance parties but would you like ever consider obviously you've gone through the process uh-huh. like it's we're coming to the end yeah. would you do this again would you write another Girl. book Fun fact, I'm legally contracted to have book number two come out within three years. Stop. Yeah. That's hilarious. Obviously, once again, I live with you and I had no idea. <laughs> but this is, this is fun. Like these yeah. are things that people want to know, want to be aware of, you know? I already have like a notes. Again, it always starts with the notes section. I didn't really say this as much. Aren't we but so thankful for the notes section literally, and Google Docs? Like how it started was I wrote all of the chapters out in my phone in the notes section of my phone from there which I probably should have said this when we were talking about the process but from there I then physically wrote them out like by hand and then from there I typed them into a google doc so I could I could visually see it differently each time and read it differently each time and really catch edits um but yeah right now I already have a tab in my notes for book number two let's go it's really exciting yeah where I have a lot of stories already for it and things that I've learned and things that didn't make book number one, but are developing for book number two. Yeah. There's also a couple of different concepts for book number two. Fine. So whether it's going to be an official book book or whether it's going to be more of a workbook or more of a devotional book so or like cool. a daily type practice type of book. So all to be determined, but it's got to come out within three years. Yeah. We are legally contracted to do that with the company of I just better see my name in it (laughs) oh for sure I mean there's like it's actually all about you and it always has been and it always will be play where your feet are k edition wow (laughs) honored that just that just like if my ego wasn't already (laughs) I'm kidding (laughs) your head wasn't big enough yeah it's bigger now oh my goodness 
But I am so glad we got to do this. It was so much fun. I'm so excited for people to get their hands on this book, yeah. for people to just truly get to know the ins and outs and the depth of who you are. If they already didn't, they're really going to know now. And it's Whether been so excited. Yeah, it's like it's been so excited watching it. Obviously, really, really, really up close and personal. Yeah. But I also get to go back and read the book and like get to get my hands on it. And so I'm just excited to get alongside people yeah. and do it together. Like we're yeah. going to be a big happy family reading Play Refutar, sharing it to everyone and anyone. Like tell your friends about this book. It's something that you're going to want to read. Like yeah. it's a must read. Yeah. And Cam's a reader. So like she knows books. She knows good books. And so of course like you want someone writing a book who knows about it. And so I'm excited to get my hands on it. My mom's excited to get her hands yeah. on it. She asks me every day, when's this book coming out? She almost ran through the front door when she found out we got copies shipped in. I'm We're like literally staring, staring at them like right, right now. now. It's crazy. Come in here and I know. Ruckus. Yeah, we honestly probably need to get off this podcast because Momager is in town, baby. She is way. coming. We have a launch party coming up on Sunday for the book. Insane. Which is going to be so fun. That's going to be all over social media. But the book is coming. The book is here. Yeah. It's time. And I'm so excited for you guys to read it. It is such, like, I know I obviously wrote it, but it's such a good book. Yeah. And I'm so excited. Like, I seriously believe that it will change people's lives. I think it's going to be such an enjoyable read. I think it's going to be a convicting read. I think it's going to be a fun read. I think you will literally laugh. You, if you're a crier, unlike myself, I think you will cry. <laughs> yeah, you will cry. <laughs> it's going to be a you roller coaster of emotions and it's so fun. It's just so fun. And it's just going to fire you up to live a life full of living. And that's what Play Repeater is all about. Let's do it. And also, you can show your appreciation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and following PWI if they play where your feet are on all platforms for episode updates, merch content, and upcoming book. Peace out and play where your feet are. Woo! Woo! That's a wrap. And that's a wrap, baby. Oh, <laughs> Peace man. out, A-Town. Peace out, A-Town, <laughs>